listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome into Windy City Slam. My name is Chris. That's Mike. Uh, Mike Pankow, that is. He's a wrestling expert. And he sits down here at my nine-foot homemade oak bar and chit-chats about everything going on in the Chicago and Chicagoland area with pro wrestling. How are you, my friend? I'm good. And speaking of being an expert, I try my best. I don't know if I consider myself, quote, an expert, but I try. Well, that's not how you want to start off a show. That's that's absolutely terrible. I'm trying to keep it humble here. Giving you a second one on that one. That's horrible. All right. So we've got a we got a big guest here today. Backwoods Brown will be joining us in just a few moments, and it's also the one year anniversary of Windy City Slam. Ah, I'm excited about it. I mean, I, I like. Here's the thing. We started it off. Not sure how it was going to go. Got hit by a pandemic two months in. You know, the big plan was like be at like all these events and do all kinds of things. And we're still waiting to do that. Yeah. You know, we never even we've never gotten to launch this the way we wanted to launch it because the world changed like two months after we started. So we've been kind of treading water, but having a lot of fun talking with a lot of the local wrestlers, which is great. And getting ready for the day where we can be out there and be at events and Windy City Slam is part of the lexicon in, in local pro wrestling. So we're excited about that. How do you feel after one year? I feel great. I think we're getting some traction. Uh, we're getting a lot of good guests in recent weeks, and um, we're going to be uh, bigger, better, and badder, as Vince McMahon once said for WrestleMania uh, catchphrase. Before we get into this, I want you to sit back and think to yourself, isn't it great that Chris has heat today? Because the heat went out in the house. If you'll indulge me for just two minutes, I wanted to share this story today. Sure thing. So yesterday, the heat, the heater goes out in the house, and I am... Just like the old man in a Christmas story, I am a famed furnace fighter. Like, I have no problem coming down here and fixing my own furnace. Like, I've sat around when I was younger, and I've looked. I always watch the guy when he comes in. So I know how to fix, like, the indicator things. I know how to I know how to clean the inside of it. I know how to check all the wires. So the furnace goes out, and I go down, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, all right, well, this is what the code says, and I'm trying to guess what it is. I go through everything. I clean it. I, I get the wire brush out to make sure that it's reading that there's a flame there. I'm checking all the wires. I'm doing everything, and I just give up. After like an hour and a half, I just give up. So I call, and I have to have a guy come over, and he shows up. It's 160 bucks from the walk in the door. And I'm sitting there the whole time saying, please, please don't let this be something stupid I could have done myself. And he looks at it, Mike, and he goes, wow, you really did everything, didn't you? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you changed the fuse? I'm like, yeah. Did you do this? Yeah. He's like, well, there's only one other thing it could be. And he takes out like this special screwdriver I didn't have. And he removes like an extra panel and he pulls out this little piece of metal. And I'm like, what is that? And he goes, when, when all goes wrong, you get this thing out and you just bang it against your wall. And he just bangs this piece of metal against the wall. He goes, that resets it. Then he reattaches the thing and the furnace goes on. He was here for 10 minutes, 160 bucks, but at least we have heat. But how would I have known, open up that thing and bang it against the wall? 
so that we would have heat for the family overnight. And here's That's the thing. so south side, too. Like, guess what you do? You take this out, you bang it against the wall, you got heat. Bada bing. Like, that's what it was like yesterday. I thought when you said you had heat, I thought maybe you pissed somebody off on the wrestling Oh, business. yeah, you're right. I'm using heat in the wrong context. We're, we're, <laughs> it's the wrong show for me to use that. People might get confused. What do you got today before we get to our guest? Yeah, um, well, it's... Um, Take a look at Impact Wrestling real quick, national promotion. Uh, they had one of their big pay-per-views, Hard to Kill, over the weekend. That main event saw AEW world champion Kenny Omega in the continued crossover of AEW and Impact Wrestling. He teamed up with the Impact Tag Champs, the Good Brothers. They defeated Rich Swan, who's the Impact Champion, and Chris Sabin and Moose. Uh, it was supposed to be the Motor City Machine Guns, but only Sabin was available. Uh, I think um, Alex Shelley is still injured. So Moose took his place, so that was the match. Omega pinned Swan after the one-wing angel. A couple other things to touch upon on that pay-per-view real quick. Diana Perrazzo retains the Knockouts Championship over Taya Valkyrie. Fire and Flava, Kiera Hogan and Tasha Steeles defeats Havoc and Nevaeh to win the Knockouts Tag Team Championship in a tournament final. Now, that was a title that was put on the shelf like eight years ago. That's a women's tag team championship. Now it's back in Impact. And the reason why I mentioned this match is because last week on WindyCitySlam.com, I had a story in an interview with Jessica Havoc about that match and about the women's division in Impact. So go to WindyCitySlam.com, check out that 15-minute interview audio with Jessica Havoc, and it was a really fun story to do as well. And one other thing from that show that was a highlight, Matt Cardona shows up. He makes his Impact Wrestling debut as well in a match uh, that night against... Um, my God, my memory's failing me on this match. Um, this is with oh, you and Ace, your, Ace Austin. You know what's amazing with you is you do these recaps, and you're just like, I gotta get every single match in. You're like the only guy that does that. Like I guarantee you, like no other wrestling show is like here's a, here's the low card on something that was done in a gym with like five people. Like you nail everything. From the big ones to the small ones, like you're determined to get them all right, which is amazing to me. Yeah, I do. I can. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ace Austin made an open challenge. He right. wanted to be in the X Division match. That didn't happen, but always ready. Matt Cardona. There you go. Wrestled for his third different promotion over the last uh, year and change. WWE, AEW, and now Impact. And Impact. And, I, and when I say 50 in a gym, I know Impact's not 50 in a gym. I was just trying to make an example out of that. You want to get the backwards brown? You want to get him on here? You ready to go? Yeah, let's get backwards brown. Let's get backwards Why brown. Why don't you go and hit the call-in button backwards, and we'll get you on the air. All right, he's up here next. This is Windy City Slam, one year in. Found everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at WindyCitySlam.com. Woods Brown, sir, how are you? I am well, guys. How are you? Oh, we're we're doing good, man. We're excited that you're joining us on the show. I uh, I I saw like Mike was going through all the things that you've done recently. It seems like you're always up in in, in like South Wisconsin, but you'll come down into the Chicagoland area. You live in the South suburbs, but but he was going through something. He said something. He, he what was it? What was the one? The promotion? I was like, he's doing lucha libre. And yeah. I, I was looking at a picture of him like he's doing what? We could explain this, Mike. Yeah, there was uh, on cagematch.net, uh, I believe, uh, 
there was a match listing for you doing a match at Gali Lucha Libre. I think it was a body slam challenge or something like that. Oh yeah, man. That was, that was, that was years, years ago. I want to say maybe like six, seven years ago. If that, I've totally forgotten all about that, man. I have done so many matches over the years and just, I've worked so many places. I mean, I've been, I've been wrestling since 2006, so some of it just becomes a blur. <laughs> yeah, I was telling him, I was like, but I thought those were all just like, you know, Lucha style wrestling. And he's like, no, no, no. Yeah, Because that the first thing I imagined was like a guy your size, like coming off the top rope doing a 360. And I was like, yeah. I, I was impressed. I'm just telling you, I was impressed if that's what happened. But now, now it sounds like it was a simple body <laughs> slam match. Yeah, and in my younger days, uh, you know, I used to be, the guy, the big guy, when I was like 280, when I first broke in, you know, I was hitting drop kicks, standing drop kicks and, you know, frog splashes and, and all that stuff. You know, I was uh, at that point, you know, I, I just wanted to try to show my athleticism and, and, and that type of stuff. But then as I, I got to working and, you know, learning from other guys, you know, I realized like, yeah, that stuff is cool. But a guy my size that does so much damage on my body and. Is not needed all the time. Now, push come to shove, if I needed to, I, yeah, I can still hit a standing drop kick. I can take hip tosses. I can do all that stuff. Um, but I just put that in kind of reserve. Like, you know, I have a top rope head, but like Bam Bam, I don't do it. You know, I'm, I'm saving it for, for, you know, the big shows. But there's little stuff like that that I have in my arsenal that I just don't pull out all the time. So it's basically working smarter, not harder sometimes. Kind of concerned. Exactly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh tell our listeners a little bit about the shot caller backwards brown gimmick oh man well uh it's, it's funny i was one i've been one of those guys that haven't had a million different gimmicks throughout my years of wrestling well, you know when i broke in i always kind of had this idea of the character i wanted to portray you know i always wanted to you know be a mix of of bad news brown and like uh hillbilly gym type character so that's that's, an, that's actually an awesome mix i love that right so yes. you know i used to i used to wrestle in the overalls and you know i used to bring a bottle of jack Daniels to the ring with me and you know i would spit it in the guy's face you know and maybe start making this big comeback to to chop him back down to size but uh over the years it's it's just kind of progressed to more of a if i really had to describe my character man i'm a, a good old boy from the south that likes to fight, I like to drink my moonshine, and I like to have a good time, man. I'm I'm old school, you know. I'm I'm a Stan Hansen type guy. I don't need a a, a whole lot of over top character stuff. It's it's cut and dry and straight to the point. I'm gonna show up, punch you in the mouth, and go home. Now, do you live the gimmick a little bit outside the ring with the moonshine and stuff like that, or what? What, what, what is your drink oh. of choice? Uh, oh. <laughs> Oh man, if if you ask if you ask any of the boys that know me, I I live the gimmick, man. I drive a pickup truck. I like my country music. Uh, my family's from the south, so I enjoy my moonshine and my whiskey and beer. You know, that's pretty much all all I drink, man. So I I live I live the gimmick for the most part. Speaking about living it, I thought when we first got on, and tell me if my ears were wrong, I thought I heard children running around in the background. Was that, yes, yes, you did. So, so yeah. what what is that like when you? Because I would assume those are your children, right? Yes, okay. yeah, those are my kids. <laughs> so, so what is it like for them? Have they seen Dad go out and do his thing? And it, it, like, have they been exposed to it? What do they think of it when they saw it first? 
Uh, my 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 son, who's ten, um, he's loved it from day one. He is my my road buddy. He loves coming on the road and road with me to shows and you know hanging out in the locker room. And all the boys, you know, everybody knows him. You know, he's you know pretty much one of the boys also. For uh, his birthday a couple of years ago, I want to say maybe his sixth or seventh birthday, I actually threw him a, a wrestling show for his birthday. Uh, rented out the Midlow Dome and uh, had my, my good buddy EJ Jensen bring up the ring from Northern Lights. And we had about five or five or six matches. And for a birthday show, you know, luckily I have some good friends. I, that could have been a, a anybody's indie show. We had Rough Crossing on the show. We had Melody Cruz. We had Marche Rocket. We had Machine. We had uh, Joey Britton, Mikey Wild. Um, a couple other people, the Jay Cross, so and Dave Rydell, you know, and it was all these guys just came out. That's to, awesome! Like, like that's the kid's <laughs> birthday present. I love that story. Everything that I've gotten my children to this point is nothing. Like, thanks a lot. I appreciate <laughs> you just making me look bad. He raises the bar. It was one of those things that kind of just happened on a whim because uh, at the time, uh, my wife at the time, uh, we had taken them to a birthday party for one of his friends, and they had it in the small little rec center. And uh, I was just sitting there. I was like, you know, for, for Liam, that's my son. I was like, I can throw him a wrestling show. And it was just one of those things we laughed about. And then I really started thinking about it. And I started asking all my friends about it because they all love him. And, you know, nobody, nobody hesitated. Everybody said yes. And, you know, the main event was a six man tag. It was uh, me, Jay Cross and Melanie Cruz versus, uh, EJ Jensen, Rough Crossing, and Dave Rydell. My son comes in and hits Rough with a big spear and gets to cover him one, two, three, and he gets the big pop at the, the end of the end of the show for his birthday. <laughs> that is so ah, cool. Amazing. Yeah, man, I'm I'm blessed. So you're a pretty strong and fairly agile big man, and we just had a strong agile big man on our show a few weeks ago by the name of Beast Man. He's a guy that comes from like the West Virginia, does Ohio Indies, but he's done some stuff in the Midwest and down in Texas recently as well. I would love, just love, I don't know if you've ever seen or heard of Beastman. I would love to see you and Beastman in a ring somewhere around here. I would love to see the two big men just go at it. You, you know what? Like, honestly, I love working any and all new opponents. That's That's been my thing, man. I'm always looking for the next challenge and the next person to go up against you know it's 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 great wrestling the same guys all the time but i always look for the challenge and you know another a big big man matches they're tricky they can be really tough either you're going to get this really exciting compelling story told or it's going to be boring and slow and nobody wants to see that so when i get another big guy that can move and we can do stuff it's great because honestly I'm I'm a big guy. I love to bump and sell. And if you give me a reason to, I will bump and sell my butt off for you. And uh, you know, big guys that I can do that for, I love it. You know, it's it's just, it's it's always it's always fun when I get to to show off the the extra the extra little skill set. Can you kind of take us through because you you talk about how you want to see as many new people as possible. But on the other hand, when you're dealing with somebody you've already been around, you kind of know their tendencies. It might make for a smoother match. So how do you overcome that with a first-time guy? Is it more planning ahead of time? Is it more sitting down and getting to understand how how they work in the ring? Or is it looking at tape? Like, how do you 
how do you prepare for that so that you don't run into the occasional clunker because you've never been with each other and you don't know you know you, something gets screwed up in there you don't know how to recover uh for when, when i was younger it was more so a lot of you know sitting down and, and planning everything but as, as i've gotten older in the business um you know i'll watch footage on a guy um but honestly i I, for me, I enjoy sitting down and talking with the guy and just kind of getting a sense of the type of type of person he is and and just what if you can tell me what your what your strengths are, I can plan around anything. You know, that's one thing I, I tend to pride myself on. You know, I can work I can work with anybody, man. I've worked with women. I've worked with you know people that are three times smaller than me. And I can still get a good match out of them. So for me, I, I like to sit down and, and just talk and, and kind of get a feel for a t- the type of person you are and, you know, tell me what your character is. And at that point, you know, the wheels, the wheels start turning. Now, there's, there's certain guys I've wrestled a million times and we never, ever, ever have the, the same match. It's something completely different every time. One of my favorite, absolute favorite people to work who I feel is, you know, one of the best unsigned workers out there is Rough Crossing. Um, Rough and I have worked so many times, but we never have the same match. We never do the same things in any of the matches that we've had. Well, the cool thing about Rough Crossing is, too, he kind of mixes his character up a little bit as well. So that kind of makes it a little bit more fun as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. When when somebody has a character that's just adaptable and and you can just go on the fly it's uh it's always fun one of my one of my all-time favorite uh memories with rough it was uh we were working for uh northern lights wrestling um and both of us had been down there from the beginning when the company started uh we may have ended the first show and i started out as the big mean nasty heel and you know just over a three-year span you know i was the guy that anybody that came in had to come through me so i was normally the one closing the show and, and, you know, having these matches. And they got to the point where the crowd just naturally turned uh, with me. So then I became the big baby face. And it was one particular show where uh, I worked, I was the champion. I worked semi-main event against, I want to say, I believe, Jack Carpenter. And Russ's opponent that night didn't show up. So it was one of those situations where the promoter, EJ Jensen, came to me and said, hey, do you mind pulling double duty? And without hesitation, you know, sure, man, if, if you're the guy, you got to step up when it's needed. You know, I go out there and do 15 minutes with Jack Carpenter and then turn right back around and go and do another 20 minutes with Ruff. Yeah, one of my uh, best memories of you actually seeing you in person, you actually did a two-match night up at uh, SSW Super Show 2 for at the Brat Stop in Kenosha. Yes. You had yeah. a pre-show match, and you squashed the guy in like two minutes. And then you had the big six-man tag with our guest from last week was involved in that as well. Jordan Cross, Cal yep. Hero, and Bushwhacker Luke. And then it was you, Ruff, and Dave Rydell in the match. And that was a really fun match to watch. And there's one picture on WindyCitySlam.com, if you guys check it out, from that show in that photo gallery where you backwards has poured Jordan up and ready to just kind of <laughs> jack him down with a huge slam. And Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is one of my favorite, favorite pictures uh, <laughs> from, from my years of wrestling. Uh, you know, I remember picking, picking Jordan up for the body slam and he, you know, it, he went up like I was picking up a grocery bag. And before I knew it, I was like, Holy crap, I got this kid super high in the air. And it's, it's funny to laugh at it. Cause I mean, I've known Jordan, 
since he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so getting to kind of see his journey come full circle, it was uh, it was it was fun. It struck me as interesting that you're like, oh well, I, I, if if they ask you to do a second match, you got to jump at it. But I would think that when they're coming to you, and it sounds like it happens to you more often than not. In the last five minutes, I've heard of two different times where you were you were called on to do it twice. That's got to be a big compliment because the promoter's looking at you, going, "Well, I already saw him do the first one, and he's the best one out here tonight." Like, I mean, is that what that means when they're coming to you? Like, he he he's on his game, and if I've got to throw in somebody last minute, I trust him. That must make you feel good. Oh, absolutely. It's I, I look at it as a, as a huge honor. Um, being looked at as a guy that a promoter can can rely on to go out there and and get the job done, and it's it's funny. It, it has happened quite a few times. Uh, it, it even happened one time where the bell rang. I finished one match, and as soon as the bell rang, the guy slid right in, and we started the started the next match. And you just you just you just <laughs> you roll roll with the punches. You know, you got to be able to. I always want to send the fans home happy. And want to send them home entertained. And if that means I got to go out there and, and pull double duty to make sure, you know, that goal is achieved, then, you know, I look at it as that's what being a professional is, stepping up uh, and meeting whatever needs and demands that are placed upon you. Yeah, what's it like working with promoters like a Ryan Cross from SSW or Dave Hero at GLCW, Ben McCoy, another guy who I really admire in Frontline Pro, and EJ as well at Northern Lights Wrestling. And to interject real quick before I answer that question, congratulations. I believe this is today is the one-year anniversary of you becoming GLCW champion. Yes, it is the one-year anniversary of me becoming the uh, GLCW uh, champion. And, and, and just real quick on, on a side note, um, for, you know, for me, that one is a, a really huge honor because uh, – you know, Dave Hero is a guy that's been around for forever. You know, he's uh, worked with everybody and anybody in the professional wrestling business. Um, and when he came to me and said that he wanted to make the decision to put the championship on me, it was a, it was a big honor and kind of thrown me back because I'm the first independent guy that he's ever put the belt on. Everybody else that's been GLCW champion has been a name or has been under contract somewhere. I mean, Robbie E., Al Snow. Uh, Rockstar Spud, Mick Foley, Hornswoggle, all of those guys are former GLCW heavyweight champions. And for me to be the the first quote unquote indie guy to be champion, um, I took that as a as a huge compliment, and it was a it was a, a huge amount of pressure and responsibility that I jumped right into. And uh, winning that belt was a really cool moment because I'm a huge Dusty Rhodes fan. And the first thing I thought of was uh, Dusty and Flair, you know, hard times where Dusty beats Flair for the, the big gold belt. And that it's a custom GLCW heavyweight championship, but it resembles the classic big gold belt. So having that moment and the bell ring and I'm the winner holding that belt, it was a it was a little it was a little surreal. It was like American dream for you, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever sit around and think to yourself, like, I, I, I want to go to a certain company? Like, is there anything that, like that's your goal now, where you're like, I want to head here? Because you, you said you, I mean, you're doing all this indie stuff and you're, you're bouncing around. Do you enjoy that, or are you like, I want to get in in one spot and just and 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 be like the name of that spot? What appeals you more? Um, I, you know, for the most part, I enjoy. Uh, 
indie wrestling. I'm fairly selective for, about the promotions that I work for um, and the promoters. You know, all the promoters that I work for uh, on a regular basis and, are, and on full time are people that you know I've known for years. Ryan Cross was the first person ever booked me in Wisconsin. Uh, ben McCoy and I are, you know, he's one of my best friends. Same same thing uh, with Dave Hero. You know, I, he him him booking me for GLCW started with that match that Mike brought up at the Super Show when uh, I worked with Cal and and he just you know he saw me there and booked me full-time right after that. I mean, my first show for GLCW after that was a main event against Rhino. Um, but for me, personally and professionally, ever since I was a little boy, my goal was always to go to Japan because I always wanted to be the big, mean American like Brody and, and Hanson and, and Terry Gordy and Vader. So for me, that's always been the dream and the promised land is to go to Japan and, and just be able to make a make a career out of it. We talk national stuff from time to time on here. Uh yeah. What, are, what are your feelings on the current climate on the national scene, like a WWE, AEW? Do you keep up with that stuff? I do. Um, I'm a lifelong wrestling fan, so I watch, you know, I watch a lot of a lot of uh, pro wrestling. Um, I, I think it's with the pandemic going on. I, I still think it's so hard for a lot of these guys to put on creative and compelling shows and not just phone it in. You know, AEW has been doing a great job because they are able to have some fans there. So it's easier for the guys to feed off, you know, that, that energy is not, it's not a lot, but it's, it's some, um, you know, but like the Raw and SmackDown, I think SmackDown hands down has been uh, doing a great job for the, the last couple months, all in all, uh, given everything that's been going on. Raw, I think it, Raw is tough because with three hours, that's just a lot of time you have to fill. And so you get more filler than you do, you know, stuff that you can really bite into. Um, but if I, for me, if I, if I had to pick, I still think um, week to week, bell to bell, NXT is the best uh, televised wrestling in america i 100% agree with the nxt statement. the moment you said nxt like mike's eyes lit up like another person <laughs> who thinks just another person who thinks just like me <laughs> I, I mean the the proof the proof is the proof is in the pudding i mean you can week to week you can pretty much take any match that nxt is gonna throw out there and it could fit in on anybody else's TV. And a lot of times it could be the main event on anybody else's TV. If they gave you the call and said, come on down here and we want to see whether or not we can work you into that. And you'd have to go through like almost like, cause I think WWE like almost like tries to retrain you or at least would you even be willing to do that? Or are you happy where you're at? Um, I, I can't, I can't lie and say I, I wouldn't at least try the, try the opportunity. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, WWE is that global brand. It's the biggest, biggest company in the world. Uh, and as a performer, who wouldn't want the opportunity to at least, you know, say that they had that experience under their belt. Promote your social media and where fans can find you there. And if there's any upcoming shows on down the pipeline and all. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm on pretty much every social media platform, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know, you can type in backwards Brown and I'm the only one. So I don't, I don't think you're going <laughs> to find too, uh, too many other ones. Um, and I definitely have some, some fun stuff 
coming up in the pipeline after this uh, this whole wrist of mine heals up. Um, next month, uh, Frontline Pro, we uh, are running two shows, one on February 6th and on February 27th in Marshfield and Luxembourg. Uh, uh, ACW, you know, one of my one of my, my, my homesteads, we're uh, in the home push towards rest, Water City Wrestling Con uh, in April with uh, special guests, uh, Zach Ryder, Brian Myers, Kevin Ash, Boogeyman, uh, Tennille Dashwood, and Insane Clown Posse. Uh, so gearing up for a big push for that. In February, we have uh, the storyline there is uh, I'm on Team Swoggle. Uh, he and his longtime tag team partner, Nick Colucci, have been feuding for a year or so. Uh, so it's Team Swoggle versus Team Colucci. It'll be me, uh, Shane Hills, and Steve Sawyer, and Swoggle versus Nick Colucci, Stacey Shadows, Wild, and Randy. Uh, I have GLCW coming up next month. Uh, special guest Scott Steiner on February 27th with a seminar that day before the show with Dr. Tom Pritchard. For uh, any, any of these young guys out there or anybody that just wants to learn and get some experience, I definitely recommend you, you come out to the seminar reach out to GLCW on Facebook for any information. And uh, honestly, everything's just gearing up for April. In April, we've got Wrestling Con, like I mentioned. Uh, for Frontline, we've got the big Rob Van Dam show happening uh, in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, where Rob Van Dam is the special guest, and he will be main eventing the show against Ben McCoy. Uh, so some fun stuff, and I just, uh, I just agreed to – Work for a new promotion in Wisconsin that uh, just had their first show a couple weeks ago, One Fall Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, really fun company, really uh, really exciting. A lot of a lot of new fun stuff coming in the pipeline for them, and I'm just happy to be be on board and be a part of the team, and look forward to helping them get off the ground and and building their brand. Awesome! Wow, if you didn't think that Backwoods Brown works. You know he works now after that list. I mean, this guy works. And uh, it was a pleasure having you on, man. The uh, the half hour flew right by. Uh, some great stuff in there. And hopefully one day soon we'll get you back on Windy City Slam. Yeah, man. I definitely uh, appreciate you guys having me on. It was a, a fun conversation. And, man, it did fly by. And, you know, I, I appreciate being the, the guest on the anniversary show. Uh, you know, um, Mike has always been a, a really great guy. You know, it was really nice to – to get to sit and talk with you a little bit when we ran the frontline show in Oak Lawn. Yep. Um, that was a, that day was a, a headache and a fun experience all, all rolled into one. It was a fun day. Yes. And uh, yes. great to have you on. And we'll definitely maybe have to talk a little bit about frontline when you come on next time. Yeah, absolutely. I will uh, love to talk about, talk about frontline, man. That was the, uh, one of the first places to uh, really, see what I could see what I could do and give me the big push and you know put a lot of put a lot of faith and a lot of stock in you. All right. Backwards, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. get back get back to those kids. Okay. I mean, oh no the, the the kids were leaving just as just as we were starting. Their mom oh, yeah. came to pick them up and see, they were That's why I was laughing. Leaving. I was like he was on the thing and he was probably like waving him like get out of the room because that's what I would have been doing. <laughs> Mike had to stand no, up. They, Mike Mike came over and I was yelling at my kid like get off the PlayStation. We gotta turn on the microphones. We got a podcast to do. So Yeah, I, yeah I, no they they knew that dad had to had to do a, a podcast so they knew not to not to not to bother. That's awesome. Thanks so much for joining us, bud. No, thank you guys. All right, there's Backwards Brown. If you missed any of the things he told you about, 
it's a podcast. It's on demand. Go back. You can listen again. So don't worry about that. Michael, are you ready to get out of here? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm ready to get out of here. I just want to say a few more big guests coming up in the coming weeks. We'll, uh, one clue, February 15th. I won't give it away, but he's a local guy, veteran guy, and he's also with one of the national promotions. Those are the clues I'm going to give for our guest. We'll reveal him in the coming weeks. All right. Trevor Outlaw's coming up in a few weeks, we know for sure, for... Yep. For Royal Rumble, and who knows who you'll you'll bring out next week if there'll yep. be somebody. So We're make sure make sure you're subscribed. You can get it on any kind of podcast service. We're on iHeartRadio for crying out loud. You name it, we're on it. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Alexa Play, Windy City Slam, and everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at windycityslam.com. Bye bye, everybody. Just screaming, curse my name.